0: Amen. Amen. We're in the book of Acts, chapter 14, verse 22, and I want to talk to you about dust yourself off. Dust yourself off. Uh, What is it about adults that we don't have many Band-Aids on our legs anymore? Uh, We don't have the boo-boos or the bobos that, you know, I'm a young, I have young kids, and so, you know, it's like every week. I think one of the commodities at my house that we go through the most is Band-Aids, I don't know why. It's either a sticker or it's something. There's always a scrape. If you're a parent of a young kid, and those of you who've had kids in the past, you know that, man, it's like there's a new bruise on top of a new, it's like, where did you get that from? It's like it was the tree that we climbed and we fell off, or it's the skateboard you fell off of, or this is from the carpet burn when we were rolling around with our sibling, you know? There's always something uh, on the, so my kids look like they're abused or something. You know, it's like their legs are all banged up, because why is that? Why is that? You know, uh, they take risks, they're testing their limits, and they don't stop. And when they fall down, kids are so resilient to just get back up, get back on the bike, and keep going. But you think about it, adults, think about it how we go through life. How many risks have I been taking? How many times am I getting, you know, it's like sometimes I'm not climbing too many trees anymore. Why? Because the reward of climbing that tree is not worth me falling, (laughs) right? It's the the reward of this new thing is not always worth the pain that I might endure uh, as an older person now. I don't get up as quick as I used to. I don't recover as quickly as I used to. You know, that's true in life too. Sometimes we're not taking these steps of faith and risking the fall because I'm not quite sure the reward of doing that thing is worth the pain I may endure. We don't take as many risks because the reward of that new journey may not be worth the fall anymore. We're not climbing trees and rolling down hills, we're not sliding on the carpet, we're not taking our bike off that new ramp anymore because we know it's going to hurt on the other side. You know, in our spirit, sometimes it can be the same way in life. I'm not, no, I'm not really willing to go through that because I'm not sure if the journey is worth the pain. There's a, a moment in, I'm a superhero, I like movies and superhero movies, and there's a moment in uh, Batman Begins that is the beginning of uh, Bruce Wayne's journey to become Batman. And the scene is basically that young Bruce Wayne falls down a large well, and there he falls, he breaks his uh, a bone in his body, and that is the moment he has to determine, is this thing going to break him, He has all these bats fly at him. And his father, who's a doctor, picks him up and he says, why do we fall Bruce? I thought about that. Why do we fall Bruce? Because we can learn to pick ourselves back up again. That moment was the beginning of a journey for that character, and and it's an epic journey of becoming Batman, and and that that moment is either going to break him or make him, and he had to determine to pick himself up and start this new journey. And you know the story, those of you who've been around for a while. In life, sometimes we fall, and sometimes we get pushed. We've all had moments that knocked the breath out of us. You've had moments in your life that made you lose your bearings. It's moments like that that uh, tried to kill your spirit. You lost someone. You went through a hard time. You got divorced. You had a kid that went to drugs. You had uh, a job loss. You had an economic crisis or an emotional crisis. You've had moments and seasons where you felt bruised and broken. You've had moments where you just didn't feel like getting back up out of bed. You didn't feel like trying anymore. And and all you knew to do is just, I have to live through this. I want to escape, but you can't. And you just have to live through some things in life. So how did you get back up? Or maybe you're still there. Wondering if there's breath on the other side. Wondering if I can ever catch my breath again. Wondering if I could ever get up and move on past this moment. How do I take the next step on this journey? Do I have the strength to keep going? And Let me give you a harder question. What if God was calling you back to that moment again? You say, why in the world would I ever want to go back to that moment again? You see, because how you went through that moment through that season often determines how God can take you back to it or if you'll let God take you back to it. How you went through it determines if God can take you back to it. Why do I say that? Because there might just be a reason, a lesson in the fall. There might be something that God wants to do in your story and in the story of somebody else. And what if there was the most epic journey? What if there was the most epic journey that no matter how many times you fell, got bruised, got beat up, got abandoned, got threatened, got left for dead, no matter how many times people stood, stabbed you in the back, that there was a journey so worth a reward that each and every time you would just get back up and you dust yourself off. That journey is called the story of Christianity. That journey is your story and my story following Jesus. And the most epic story, the most epic movie, the most epic thing you could ever put your life on is this thing called the Christian journey. And there are going to be bumps and bruises and scrapes and scars, but the reward of taking that leap of faith is going to be so great, you'll be willing to dust yourself off each and every time and keep moving forward. Somebody say, amen. I think this morning God is going to put some new breath back into people who've got the breath knocked out of them. I think there are people who are are lying down just feeling broken and bruised that God's going to put new strength back into. And I think there are some people here today that there's a leap of faith God wants you to make, and you're not quite sure if the reward is going to be worth the risk of the leap, and God's going to show you how much it is worth it. Look in Acts 14, verse 22. The Apostle Paul is about to take his first missionary journey. Somebody say journey. It's the most epic journey of his life. It's the purpose for which he was made. This thing is about to begin. Paul, who was uh, called Saul, is now being called to the Gentile world. He was a Jew, a Pharisee of Pharisees, but God, on the road to Damascus, blinded him, told him he was set apart for a purpose to go preach and be a light to the Gentiles. And finally, he's waited for a few years, and the Spirit has set him apart with a guy named Barnabas and a young helper named John Mark, who's the guy that fled naked in the garden with Jesus and the guy who helped Peter write the gospel of Mark, by the way. And he's, these three companions are about to set on this epic quest. And, you know, I kind of have this movie like uh, Lord of the Rings moment or, you know, like Chronicles of Narnia, like this, this journey. We're about to, you know, our backpacks, we're about to head over the mountain. And they go to the Isle of Crete, which is Barnabas's home turf, so it's good to start somewhere familiar. They start, they uh, navigate through this island and they preach the gospel from point A to point B. And now they're at the edge of the water... And they're about to take on to a new something never before done in the history of the world. The first missionaries are about to cross an unknown water and go to an unknown land. And Luke writes in Acts 14, these are the words they said, on the way home. I want you to catch what they say, on the way home strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, they were encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That's their message on the way back home. So what in the world. How did they get to this point And why is he talking about something? You say, well, that's not very uplifting. Pastor Heath, man, that shouldn't be an epic ah, climax of the movie, man. This is how it is. He says, through many tribulations, that's how you'll enter the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom is the rule, the reign, the realm of God. The kingdom of God is the dominion where God uh, is in the middle of us, in the middle of our community. It's in the middle of our spirit. It's where he dwells, his power, his authority, his realm, his rule, his reign. That's the kingdom of God. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And everywhere he went, demons were cast out. People were saved, healed, set free. There was joy in the Holy Spirit. Everywhere the kingdom of God showed up. But Jesus said, this kingdom is here, but it's also not yet. The kingdom came with Christ's first coming in the spirit, but it was going to be really coming when he came back again. And Paul says, only through great tribulations, only through many tribulations. Let me strengthen you. He says, church, let me strengthen you, encourage you. Don't give up the journey. Don't give up what you're going through. Just dust yourself off. It's going to be many trials may come your way, but guess what? It's going to be worth it. Somebody say amen. It's going to be worth it. What we are going to see on this journey is going to be worth it. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 13? He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy, somebody say joy, Joy. from joy over it, he sold everything that he had and he bought the field. Sometimes selling out for Jesus, he sold everything he had. Sometimes selling out for Jesus means being willing to get knocked down so that you can get back up, dust yourself off and keep on moving forward. Man, he says, it's worth selling everything out, giving everything up, and sometimes that looks like being beaten up, bruised, and abandoned, persecuted. He says, I joyfully was willing to do that to gain what Jesus is giving me from joy over it. He sold all he had. I want you to look with me, and we're gonna go back a few chapters. Acts 13, verse 13. I'm gonna tell you everything Paul went through as quick as I can. To get to the place where he said that verse. Step number one. Here we are in Pergia, Acts thirteen, thirteen. Now Paul and his companions set out from the sea from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia and John, but John left them and returned to Jerusalem. They just went all this way. They're getting ready to just get the real hard stuff started. And John is supposed to be their helper, help do the bags and help do the tents and kind of be there as they preach and ministered. And he was kind of a young man. And just when this journey was about to get tough, the helper left. (laughs) It's like, we didn't even start yet, bro. What's going on? We haven't even begun this. And John went back home. Nobody knows why John went back home, and we'll find out later that even this offended Paul to such a degree that he refused to take John Mark later on on the next missionary journey, and it even caused a division between him and Barnabas, but years and years would go by, John Mark would earn his place back, and Paul would say, man, he's like a son to me, he's he's valuable to me. You know, you in this Christian journey, there may be times that people you rely on disappoint you. There may be times in this Christianity, uh, journey of Christianity that people forsake you or abandon you. You may lose friends. You may lose family members. You may lose people in your workplace who just really going to leave you, forsake you. And along the way, what do you have to do? Dust yourself off. Dust yourself off. I like what Paul says, even though he's, he's got someone he's counted on to go on this journey with him. And he later writes, he says, I was persecuted but I was not forsaken. I was struck down, but I was not destroyed. Why? Because the most important helper to have with you on this journey is not some person, but it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will send you another, a helper, a comforter, and he will be with you Always, Somebody say always. The most important person to have with you on this journey, let me tell you, I love that we have, I have a wonderful spouse and she loves the Lord and she said yes to this journey of ministry with me, but the most important person I can have in my life as my helpmate is the Holy Spirit. The most important person in your life is the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the helper of the Holy Spirit because Jesus would say this, Go make disciples, I am with you always, even to the very end. Paul knew, even if someone disappointed me and abandoned me, forsook me, even if someone I counted on, I no longer could count on any longer, I can always count on the helper of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with me every step of the way. Let me tell you something. You're never alone in what you're going through right now. You may feel like you have something you can't share with anybody else, someone, something that no one else will ever understand. God's with you. He is a helper, a comforter, a closer than a brother, the Bible says. So when you feel abandoned, like Paul, dust yourself off. Call on the helper, the Holy Spirit. Number two, here's the next step. He was rejected. Next, they went to Pisidian. It's in the Roman province. It's Galatia, in modern day Turkey. And they begin to preach the gospel to the whole city. Great success happens. But here, guess what? The Jews, who didn't like their message, found some influential women and men to turn on them. They began to divide the city, and they kicked them completely out of the region. Just kicked them out. And Acts 13, 51 says, but they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually, look at this, continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You ever get rejected, and you're just like, ha, ha, ha Yeah. I mean, nobody does that, right? I mean, he's like, I'm so glad I'm rejected. I mean, they were, it says they were rejected. They were kicked out of this land, and it says they were continually filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. You know good and well when you have a bad day at work and someone just disses you, you go home and you make your whole family have a bad day because you're having a bad day. That's how we do as people. But he said they were filled with joy. What do you have to get to in your life in a relationship with Jesus that when people reject you and kick you out, you are filled with joy. You see, the Jews would shake off their feet and their arms and legs uh, with protest. When they would leave a Gentile city back in the day, and they were going to go to a Jewish land, there was kind of this custom that you would leave even the dust of that Gentile pagan land behind before you entered into the holy land of Jerusalem, of Israel, right? And so and that's what he's saying. It's like, they dusted their feet off from this, from this city, from these people, and they moved on. You know, sometimes in life, Uh, on this journey to follow Christ, people's going to reject you. They may kick you out of a relationship. They may pass you over for a promotion. They even oppose some things you're trying to do by the Holy Spirit. Maybe some new ministries he's told you to. I can't can't tell you how many times we have tried to do things even in this parish, in this area, to bring unity to this parish. How many pastors who you thought would be with you on unity would reject you. There's times you'll start ministries, you'll try to do things, people you thought would be all in for it, and they'll reject you. Why? Uh, I think of it like a phone line. Sometimes the line is busy, try again later. Right? There are some times in life you're going to deal with people and the line's going to be busy and you just have to move on. Dust yourself off. Paul then move on to other people. Don't forget the stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. I love what, I look at Paul and I, I like this. Just because their influence didn't favor you doesn't mean your influence can't favor someone else just because their influence didn't favor you doesn't mean your influence can't favor someone else. Paul and Barnabas had success in that city despite being rejected and kicked out. Even though the influential people didn't approve of their ministry, they had influence in people in that city. And they could look back and say, man, even though the influential people didn't have any They didn't give us any airtime. They didn't approve of anything we were doing. These poor, pitiful people who were hungry for the gospel, they got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit so we can leave this place with joy in the Holy Ghost. Just because people don't like you doesn't mean you can't like somebody else. Just because people don't favor you doesn't mean you can't give favor to somebody else. Even if people don't approve of you, you can know from Romans that if the Spirit of God is in you you can cry out abba father what does that mean it means that even if they don't approve of me if i have the holy spirit i know i'm approved of god i don't need their opinion of me to favor me if i know i'm favored by god even if man what can man do to me who am i that god is mindful of me david said that that he made us a little lower than the angels for a season this this god gave his life for me and his spirit is in me who cares Who cares if people don't like you on Facebook or social media? Come on. Who cares? Because if God is for you, what? Who can be against you? So they were filled with joy. So they were abandoned. He was rejected. And then he was threatened. So now they go 80 miles east to southeast to a place called Iconium. And there again, the same type of people were there to stir up a problem. You ever had somebody who was just a stirrer, a meddler, somebody who stirred up things in your life? And Acts 14, verse 3. There they spent a long time. They spoke boldly with reliance. I love that reliance on the Lord. They was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. And some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And then even an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and to stone them. They became aware of it and they fled. They fled. And verse 7 says they continued to preach the gospel. Paul didn't sweat threats. With reliance that meant it got it really got tense in this next town. Like okay, well they're divided. Some people like us, some people don't. I don't know. I'm trying to witness to my co-workers here. People are against me in, in office, and people like me. Or I'm in school. Some of these people like me. Some of these people don't. I'm trying to be a Christian, and so some are kind of divided. They begin to just kind of dig their feet in the ground. It says, with reliance on the Lord, they continued there a long time. They just, sometimes you just have to grit it out and say, you know what, God sent me here to do this and I'm going to just preach the gospel. I'm just going to be like Jesus. I'm just going to represent Christ to these people around me. This journey is worth it. This journey is worth being abandoned. It's being worth being rejected. And it's even being worth when people don't really like me all that much and they just put their feet in the ground and they begin to do that. But there came a moment where the tide sh- shifted, and they heard a rumor they were going to be killed. So they left. They left. You know, Jesus said that whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next city. Uh, There's no gambling in the Christian life, but it's kind of like that song, you got to know when to hold them, fold them, and then know when to run, right? There's There's a moment where you know I've got to hold on to what God has, and there's a moment where I've got to leave this person. What do I mean by that? There will be times on this Christian journey you will have done all you could to help somebody. There will be times on this Christian journey that that person will turn on you. True? There are times you're going to have great success in this Christian journey, then all of a sudden you're going to feel like a total failure. I've had people I have poured hours and hours and hours into and thought, man, God's going to do something in their life all just for them to fall immediately. I've I've poured into my heart and soul to people and wept over people, only to have them commit suicide a year later. I have seen people who I thought, man, there's so much potential in their life if they could just get over this one issue, and then, boom, they leave God altogether. There are times when you're going to be in this Christian journey, you're going to have great success, and there's going to be times you're going to have to give up on someone or something before it kills you. There are times I have to set boundaries in my life and say that's, that's enough, that's all I can give to you. We've tried, I've gotta put a boundary there. There are times when it's okay to give up. I really felt like as I was writing this message that just, that just, just telling someone that permission, it seems like well we don't give up, we don't quit. That's, that's not quitting, it's sometimes okay to end a relationship because that's is all you can do is help that person. We've done everything you can do And they were going to hurt you. There was a problem there. And he says, they moved on and continued to preach the gospel. You see, they gave up and moved on before it killed them. You see, I assure you, Jesus said that everyone who has given up house and brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, children or property for my sake and the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and property along with persecution And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. Jesus says, there are times you're going to give up things in this life to gain things in eternity. Sometimes that's people. Sometimes I have to give up and move on from people to gain something that God has still for me to do. The last is hurt. You see, they were abandoned. They were rejected. They were threatened. They were finally hurt they go to these wild highlands of Lystra, and they go there, and they, they think, okay, all right, well, we had to leave there. Is this Christianity worth it? Are we still doing what God's called us to do? And there they go, and man, this lame man's there. And Paul looks at this lame man, and he says, it. he saw that the man had faith to be healed. And he told the man, rise up. And as soon as he did that, all these pagan people begin to call Paul and Barnabas Zeus and Hermes and Kind of a mob mentality. And they started sacrificing to them because they really just were ignorant of the gospel. And Paul and them barely restrained them. And about the time that they were restraining them, and some people were believing, but there's this wild thing going on, those same Jews followed them to that city. You ever had a problem follow you around? Sometimes that problem's a person. You know, you had this problem follow you. And look what happened Acts 14 19. And Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having won over now the crowds, they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. And while the disciples stood around him, here it is, he got up and he entered the city. And the next day, he went away with Barnabas to Derby. <laughs> I have that moment in my head, again, go back to the movie, where it's uh, Captain America, before he becomes Captain America, Steve Rogers, he's in an alley beaten up by all these bullies, and he just keeps getting back up. Every time he gets beaten down, he falls down on the ground, bloodied bruised, he just stands back up, and he has this catchphrase in all of the Marvel movies, he just says, I could do this all day. Right, there's this grit that Paul had. I mean, can you imagine this moment? Paul is... Preaching, they throw a stone at his, I'm talking a stone, they throw a stone at him, they knock him out, they kick him, beat him, abuse him, they drag his lifeless body outside of the city, and there his body is just pulverized. And some of these disciples who had converted surround him. Oh man, this guy, they killed him. And I could just see this moment, they begin to pray. And I hear a, a gasp. Life comes back into Paul, He's lying on the ground, covered in blood. He gets up, and he walks right back into the city. That journey was worth it. Man, the risk of what he was about to, what he did and was about to do. Do I have that level of grit in Christianity that says no matter what man may do to me, this journey is worth every bike ramp, it's every tree climbing, carpet scrape, everything that anybody could ever do to me. The king is worth it. This kingdom is worth it. The reward is worth the cost. The kingdom is worth the cost. Everything I could ever go through in this life, I don't care if I have a spouse leave me or kids reject me and I think, God, how can you let my kids fall away? Man, how can that happen? Or people don't like you and nobody favors you. It doesn't matter. You are on the best journey that God has orchestrated for your life and that journey at the end gives you Jesus and his kingdom and that kingdom is worth every cost you could ever pay. Man, it's worth it. It's worth it. I could do this all day. I just like, man, I'm telling you something. If y'all start stoning me and beating me and dragging me outside this church, I'm probably finding another church next Sunday. But it's worth it. I just, I can't imagine. Why is this so important? Because what you're willing to go through determines if God can call you to. That day in that town of Lystra, we learn years later there was a young man by the name of Timothy. And in that town and some of the first converts of Paul's ministry was Timothy's mother and grandmother. And little Timothy may have just been, scripture hints at it. He says, you know what I went through in Lystra and Iconium, Timothy. You remember what I had to go through. Just perhaps in that circle That very day, as Paul was lying there without breath in his body, bloodied and bruised and dragged out in the street, taken to a place he did not want to go, there was a little boy and a mom and a grandmother standing in that circle. And what they saw was a man who was willing to count the cost for Jesus Christ, life come back into his body, dusted himself back off and said, this is worth it for my king. This is worth it for this kingdom to come in. Something st- see, the Jews went to that day, and they stirred the crowd. But what Paul did that day was stir up something in Timothy. Years later, he'd come back to that same town, and he says, Timothy, let's go, bud. God has called you for this. I think Timothy could go back to that moment and says, I remember when that dude had life come back into his body, and he got up, dusted himself off, and just kept on going. You see, your story might just be stirring a new story in somebody else. How you go through something and get back up may just be inspiring someone else on this journey to do the same. Who's the Timothy maybe in your life? That moment stirred something up in Timothy. Who's watching you dust yourself off? How is it every time you stand up that it stirs someone else's story? You see, I think some of you here today or those listening online need to allow God to breathe new life into you for a new season. Or maybe someone is praying for God to give you strength into these old bones to get back up. And some of us need to see the value of dusting ourselves off one more time. And close with this. You see, he would go one more city, and I'll say it's the extra mile. He went to Derby after that, the next day. And at Derby, he would determine to go back home. Derby would be the far eastern city that he could go to, him and Barnabas. And they would determine to go home the same way they came. I'm telling you, if all this happened to me, I'm thinking, Ro- uh, Garmin, where's my Tom, my GPS, Apple apps? Let's find a new way. Reroute, you know, circulate the circle. Find an alternate route that I don't care if it's longer. We're not going back the same way. And sometimes in your life, you don't want to go back to some of the things you've lived through. But sometimes going back to them shows God how you went through them. Why do they go back? I think it's like, for me, it's like, uh, there's these roller coasters we've been on, where it's like you get in it front ways, and you go, and you loop-de-loop, you loop, you loop, and it gets to the very end, and you're like, how do I? we're not here yet. Oh, this is one of the backwards ones. And then it goes backward. How many have written one like that? It goes backwards all the way to back to get to the very beginning. I think this is like that moment for Paul. It's like, we got all the way there. You mean I can't go home the quick way? No, we're going backwards. Rewind, we're going backwards. Back the same way we came. Why? Read the verse we started off with. Acts 14, 21, and then 22. And when they preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples... They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, and here it is, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through, through, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Paul and Barnabas went through it, and they were willing to go back to it. Why? Why? to strengthen somebody else on the journey. It wasn't all about them. Man, I could just be bitter. I could blame God. I could say, God, why'd you let me go through this? God, how can this happen to me? You know what that person did to me? I'm never talking to that person again. Lord, I'm just going to be bitter about this. I can't believe you didn't come through on this prayer. I can't believe I lost that person. I can't believe this happened to me. And I don't ever want to go through that or to that again. And we could get all kinds of places and say, you know what? This journey just hadn't been worth it. Jesus, I don't know, man. I just want to get to heaven and get this thing over with. Yeah, but what if I'm calling you back to to, to that thing again? Maybe there's someone back there that you need to go back to and strengthen who's going through the same thing. See, Paul, you left that city, but those Christians stayed there. And so Paul, for the love of the people of God, went back to every single one of those places. And the Bible says the next, chapter, the next few verses, they established a church, they called elders, and they left those people there and they prayed this prayer over them saying, guys, don't give up the journey. Hold on to the faith. Even if you go through many trials, you'll receive the kingdom of God. See, maybe God's calling you back to something in your past. Make sure that you went through it the right way. That you went through it with a joy-filled spirit. Knowing the only helper I need is the Holy Spirit. You went through that thing and you said, God is for me. Who can be against me? You might survive going through hardships. But are you willing to go back to them to help somebody else? Paul relied on the Lord for strength and he was willing to dust himself off at every single city and keep on going. And he would later write, we know in Philippians 4, I can do all things through what? Through Christ who strengthens me. How did he strengthen anybody else if he himself wasn't first being strengthened by God? I'm going back to these cities. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. New breath came into his body. New strength came into his bones. He had the helper of the Holy Spirit. It says he relied strongly on the Lord for boldness, even the midst of opposition. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, you're on an epic quest, an epic journey. The most important person to have on this journey is Jesus. And the greatest reward is not that you're going to get somewhere, but that he is with you. I'm going to close with one little, for those who are parents of little kids, so my kids like this show. They watch it a lot. It's called Bolt. Anybody seen this? It's about a dog and a hamster. Okay. Grandparents. I see some grandparents shaking their head. Yeah, Bolt. You know. So there's this moment, and it's like this epic journey. Same thing is about to begin again, and Bolt is this dog. He's looking for his owner, little girl Penny, and he finds his hamster, and this hamster is in a wheel, and that hamster says, Bolt, you're my hero. You're my idol. I'll go anywhere with you, Bolt. And so here's what Bolt says. I got it down. He says he looks to the hamster. He said, they're about to begin this quest. He says, the road will be rough. And the hamster says, but I've got a ball. And Bolt says, there's no turning back. And the, rhino, the, the hamster rolls the ball. He says, I guess I'll have to roll with the punches. And the, the dog says, well, it's not going to be easy. And the hamster says, you promise? And Bolt says, I've got to warn you. We're going to go into the belly of the beast. There's danger at every turn. And the hamster yells out, I eat danger for breakfast. And he says, are you hungry? And the hamster cracks his neck and says, Starving. It's like that moment, he's like, I'm willing to go anywhere on this epic quest as long as you are with me. As long as you're with me, you see the most valuable thing you can have in this life, you can have it right here, right now. You're not waiting for heaven. He says the kingdom of heaven is here right now. Jesus is with you every step of this thing called Christian life. This journey that you're on, man, it's worth everything just to have Jesus with you. Would you bow your heads and your hearts this morning? Are you willing to dust yourself off to go on a journey with Jesus? To reach someone for the gospel, for the good news? To open the door of the kingdom into someone else's heart? You don't have to be qualified. You don't have to have a spiritual degree, a Bible degree. You just got to be willing to say yes to Jesus. And follow him on this life of Christianity. Maybe you're here today and you are beaten and bruised. You've been taken somewhere you didn't want to go in the first place. And life has been just knocked out of you. The wind's gone. Can you believe God for new life again? Can you believe God for a fresh breath? into a new season. Maybe you're here today and you are just, the strength has been sapped out of you. And you really just, just been trying to survive, just living through it. Can you believe God for new strength by faith? Maybe you're here today and you have just forgotten how valuable the kingdom is. A lot of things can easily entangle. We can look to a lot of things right and left and we forget we're even on a journey to get more people to go to heaven with us. We forget that we're supposed to be following our leader by faith. And we make life all about us and all about our dances and our sports and our hobbies and our weekend events and we forget we're really here for a purpose to show people Jesus that the God of the universe has loved them He's calling you. Christian, your life is no longer your own. You have been called, set apart for a purpose to follow Jesus into the unknown risky places, to take a leap of faith and do something other people don't dare to do, to jump into places where people aren't going to like you, to live a life that's not like the rest of this world, to risk it all and count the cost to follow Christ this is no easy thing this is not for the faint of heart this is not just to get through another Sunday and another week this is eternal damnation and eternal reward this is something that few are called to Jesus said narrow is the way are you willing to risk it all for the most epic journey of following Jesus